Hey everybody, Kyle Warren here. Thank you so much for subscribing to the podcast. We're going to check out a couple of key segments from our most recent program. And don't forget, you can hear us live every Monday through Friday, 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. on AM860, The Answer in Tampa, Florida. Also, 2 a.m. to 5 a.m. on Saturday mornings. Once again, on AM860. Head over to kylewarrenshow.com for more information and to send me a direct message. Thanks for listening. This is America's Third Watch. You're listening to Kyle Warren. So are you paying your fair share in taxes? (laughs) Well, it evidently, Biden believes that uh, a certain group, billionaires evidently are not paying their fair share in taxes, but it looks like the uh, Washington Post might uh, beg to differ uh, with him. (laughs) Biden says all kinds of stuff, folks, and... uh, but this is, and, and it goes beyond the usual things that politicians might just say, hoping nobody kind of looks at it or fact checks it. But the Washington Post did, and we'll tell you about that here as uh, we move into the program uh, this morning. Hour number two, good morning, everybody, and good afternoon, wherever you are, whatever time you're listening to the program this week, or this weekend, I should say, because this is the weekend edition. Kyle Warren with you. Glad to be with you this morning, of course. And uh, if you're up with us uh, early in the morning, the wee hours of the morning across America, uh, you can dial us up, 949-822-7959. If you'd like to opine, you can also head over to my home website of kylewarrenshow.com. That's kylewarrenshow.com. Dot com if you'd like to send us a direct message uh, this morning. And uh, once again, welcome to everybody on AM860, The Answer, our home flagship station in Tampa, Florida, of course. And then welcome to everybody listening along the GCN network. And thanks to everybody at GCN for working so hard uh, for the broadcast. And uh, we really do appreciate them so very, very much. Well, sort of recapping what we were talking about at the top of hour number one this morning Certainly, this border crisis uh, has the has the the ability to really morph into something that will really not be very pretty uh, at all. Uh, but again, I I don't think the the Biden administration has the the um, the ability to sell this to the American people that somehow by what they are doing and why they went to the uh, uh, to this uh, you know uh, to challenge this and so forth it got up to the supreme court already in terms of whether or not the initial injunction could stay in effect um, I, I think that they're really kind of misjudging i think what the american people really want um, and they could fix this by the way you know they could fix it it's it's within the it's within joe biden's power to fix it folks you know why? All he's got to do, I don't know, This and this is going to sound crazy, so hold on to something, because this is going to sound so far off into the stratosphere. This is going to be so undoable. It's, it's going to be so uh, controversial. Why not just enforce the law? I mean, why, why, not, why not just do that? Why not, why not actually, you know, 
have the border be secure and have there be a process by which people can apply for immigration or even asylum. But they will turn around and tell you, oh, we we trying to work with Democrats. Oh, we trying to work with Republicans. It's these mega Republicans. It's it's Speaker Johnson. It's all this stuff. And they're absolutely happy to do that because all they want to do is they want to uh, obfuscate and they want to uh, prolong the problem so that they can continue to say somehow that it's the Republicans that are causing this issue, that are causing the uh, United States to not be able to deal with the border. Let's listen to Karine Jean-Pierre. She was on CNN and she was being asked about uh, this uh, this particular issue. This is just in the last uh, day or so, if I recall, um, about uh, the Supreme Court ruling and so forth and why the border uh, crisis uh, is being exacerbated. Let's let's listen in. Um, there has been a long running dispute between the Texas governor and the Biden administration that has continued that includes a Supreme Court ruling. Uh, the Homeland Security Department has asked for access to this park that is now currently in dispute. It doesn't seem like they've gotten it. Uh, they now are allowed to cut down razor wire. Yeah. Some Democrats are saying the president needs to federalize uh, the Texas National Guard. Okay, so stop right there. Stop, just stop right there real quick. We'll hear Karine Jean-Pierre in just a moment. Okay, again, it's this. It's almost like some people are salivating over this. Oh, boy. We did, oh, if we can nationalize the, um, he said federalize, but obviously nationalize the, uh, um, the National Guard of Texas. Well, wouldn't that just be dandy, right? I mean, this is, so go in there and it's time to be heavy handed and it's time to really, really, you know, assert the, the power of, of the federal government on this. And the federal government has a, a distinct amount of power. There's no doubt about that. But it's, and it's the administration. It's the agenda. It's, it's the idea that they want not only this problem to exist, but I think to some degree, and I find this abhorrent to some degree, they want the, this controversy that they want this showdown to occur. They want to be able to point the finger at Republicans and Donald Trump and whoever else they can think of and use this crisis, a created crisis uh, to their advantage. They believe so. All right. So let's hear what Karine Jean-Pierre was going to say uh, to that before I so rudely uh, interrupted. <laughs> let's continue. So look, something that could happen. I mean, look, I'll say this, uh, you know, the Border Patrol agents are now, as you said, allowed to cut through the wire because of what the Supreme Court has laid out. It's it's unfortunate that we had to go there. It's unfortunate that there is a governor in Texas, Governor Abbott, who has politicized this issue of what's happening on the border. And it's not making people's lives safer. It's actually making it harder for law enforcement at the, at the border to do their job. And so we have been very clear. We want to make sure we get something done at the border. That's why we've been having these conversations with That's Senate Republicans and That's Democrats why. for the past several weeks to several come weeks. up with a bipartisan, bipartisan agreement to deal with the border. Deal with the and border. look, if that, the governor is not interested in that. Governor's governor Abbott is not interested in that. Not interested. He wants to politicize an Wants issue to and he's not helping communities. Not helping. Actually, is it? And he's actually putting Border Patrol agents in he's harm's way by harm's doing way. what he's doing. I'm not going to speak to any actions that the president might take, may not take, but we have been very clear on this. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, uh, I'm sold. Uh, I guess that's just, you know, you know, I was really confused about this. <clears throat> I, I was just, I, I, I was just confused about this until Karine Jean-Pierre came along uh, to explain this. Uh, 
to let us know that it's it's the governor who's politicizing the issue at the border. Oh my goodness! Well, I I got to tell you, I I feel so much better right now. Don't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. We don't. Don't feel better at all. Actually, I feel kind of worse. Folks, stay right there. We are coming right back. Kyle Warren with you. All right, welcome back, everybody. Kyle Warren with you. The weekend edition is is rocking on, folks. And uh, I appreciate what uh, Neil in Henderson, Nevada, said uh, earlier uh, last week. And uh, I was talking about, you know, we're, we're we are rocking the overnight uh, airwaves. <laughs> and uh, so uh, Neil in Henderson gives us a call, and he says, "Yeah, you, you're rocking the overnight airwaves," and <laughs> I just really appreciated that. But that's one of the things we try to do too here on the program. You know, we try to keep things moving along. We try to keep things rocking, and uh, I'm glad that music uh, can play such a great, uh, a great part uh, in the show. And uh, we have a lot of different. Uh, we you know we try to mix it up a little bit, obviously. Uh, but of course, we love to play our songs during the uh, uh, during the uh, uh, fourth segment of hours number one and two each morning. Uh, the songs keep you going and so forth. And uh, we we take some time to pick them. And then, of course, Monday has now worked out to be Country Music Monday. So uh, we have some great country songs. And I'll tell you this: so you never know what what we're gonna get here. Um, and uh, because it could be modern. Uh, could be kind of vintage country, you know, this kind of stuff too. So, so it will, and it is eclectic. So definitely you want to tune in, uh, each morning. We've also got some great suggestions that have come in via direct message. And, uh, so we're definitely looking at those, working on those as well. And we always do appreciate it. So keep them coming, everybody. We really, really do appreciate it. All right. Let's shift gears here a little bit, uh, from the border, uh, to, um, in fact, um, Another aspect, not just of the primaries, but of the general election as well. And um, I'll tell you this, um, J- uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Uh, is more than likely going to be a uh, a factor. I think it's a foregone conclusion that he'll be a real factor. But how much of a factor, that's going to remain to be seen. But this from News Nation. Democrats' concerns about RFK Jr. rise. I don't doubt it, right? Dateline Washington. Robert F. Kennedy's campaign says it has gathered enough signatures from registered voters in New Hampshire to qualify for the state's ballot in the general election, an announcement that has some Democrats nervous. Well, why? (laughs) That's my question. Why? Why would they be nervous? You know... Joe Biden, in fact, let, let me see if I can find this here while, while, while we're talking here. Let me see if I can find this. Because everything about this administration has been amazing, right? Everything that's happened. But, you know, I've, I know I've said this. I don't want to sound like a broken record. I don't want it to be cliche. But gosh darn it, they're the adults in the room, right? I've said this 100 million times right now, right? Uh, they're the adults in the room. And there should be no other, I mean, there, there should be no other choice. 
you know, or at least that people would entertain, Biden should be well on his way to a landslide victory at this time. You know why? Because it's not Donald Trump, right? Right? He's been, because because he reversed everything Trump was doing, right? Right? So this is what the, uh, this is what the election meant, you know? No. <laughs> It's not what it meant. Uh, but at any rate, this uh, this another article uh, from the Western Journal says, why is Biden administration unpopular? According to, Kam- uh, to, according to Kamala, it's because they haven't taken, quote, adequate credit. <laughs> we, 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 we haven't taken adequate credit on this. We just haven't blown our own horn. Right. We just haven't we just haven't trumpeted our own success. We're so humble. I mean, after being all the adults in the room, you know, we just don't know how to sing our own praises, I guess. Um, (laughs) As of Friday morning, the article starts out, President Joe Biden's favorable rating in the real clear politics aggregate sits at 39.6% favorable, 55.3% unfavorable, a negative 15.7% spread. Vice President Kamala Harris is doing even worse, 36.2, favorable, 55, unfavorable, right? A negative 18.8% spread. Compare this with former President Donald Trump, the Republican frontrunner, whom both the administration and its media enablers have painted as an insurrectionist, an election denier, and a threat to democracy, 41.6% favorable, 55.9% unfavorable. That's a negative 12.3 spread. Not great, granted, the article says, but when the administration and the establishment media of the United States and the West, almost which of all dem- apparent Democrat lies, they say, I have spent nearly a decade painting Trump as an unholy amalgamation of Mussolini, Joe McCarthy, and Godzilla. Uh, the fact that both the sitting president and vice president have lower favorability ratings than the guy than that guy should speak loudly of their failures. But again, Kamala says, well, we just haven't haven't taken adequate credit yet. It's, you know, <laughs> that's the reason. See, there's always some ridiculous, bizarre reason. It's too much explaining. It's too much. And they sit there explaining everything. And because they know that you know, that you know that they know that you know what they know about what you know. <laughs> right? <laughs> I think that's what it is. Um, But at any rate, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. um, is uh, qualified for the ballot in New Hampshire for the general, an announcement that has some Democrats nervous. After months of speculation about the credibility of his campaign, Kennedy found success in a small battleground state nonetheless, giving Democrats pause that he could muddy their path to the White House. Whatever point Robert F. Kennedy wants to, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. wants to make, the time for making it is over, said Michael Starr Hopkins, a Democrat operative and political commentator. All this, we'll just say BS, about no labels and third-party runs, RFK Jr.'s vanity project. You know they don't like this when they call it a vanity project. Is an embarrassment to his family's legacy and a danger to voters. <laughs> what? You know, this is why I love the weekend edition, by the way, because we get to laugh a little bit more (laughs) than we do throughout the rest of the week, uh, if that's even humanly possible. Kennedy is fighting to get on the ballot in all 50 states, a feat feat he's achieved in two so far. He believes an independent is the perfect candidate at this moment in history. 
I think that I have an opportunity to actually break that partisan logjam because right now any issue that comes before Congress is siloed into the Republican or Democrat camps and the other side can't vote for it, he told News News Nation's Chris Cuomo. But I think if we have an independent president who plays it right down the line, that it will give permission to senators and congressmen from both sides to actually do their job, to vote on bills that actually make sense for our country without punishment from their own party. Uh, I think we got a little bit, a little bit of an audio here too with uh, Chris Cuomo and uh, RFK uh, Jr. Let's listen in here real briefly. Ross Perot 92, I went back just to kind of remember it of what it was. Um, He absolutely had an influence in the outcome of that election. There are very few people who will say Clinton would have won otherwise because of the damage he did uh, to Bush. In the latest polls, early on, it did look like there was a species of Trump voter who was more interested in you as carrying the message. And we've discussed that. Uh, Now, depending on the poll, it looks like you could be doing the same thing to Biden. What is your explanation to people who say Trump is too dangerous to the democracy, Bobby, to risk having Biden lose and you lose and him win as a result? And you will be empowering a would-be despot. Okay, stop right there. Uh, You know, you just got to laugh sometimes at Chris Cuomo for this. Uh, well, of course, yes, he, he's a would-be despot. And how do you feel? I mean, what kind of question is that? How do you feel about you could possibly empower, you know, because what you know, it really boils down to is you're empowering Hitler. You know, you're empowering, you know, a, a dictator because he said he was going to do executive orders on day one and couched it in a humorous way of, well, I won't be a dictator, except on day one. We do all these executive orders that every president does. So, no, he's not going to be a dictator, but this, it really does, uh, it really is funny to hear this kind of stuff constantly being propagated. Let's uh, hear uh, RFK Jr. Well, I don't, first of all, I don't think that President Biden needs my help to lose to Donald Trump. He, you know, when they're matched in head-to-head matches, he's losing by 10 points. And I don't think he's, you know, the Democratic Party has already said he's not going to come out of the White House. He's not going to debate. He's going to stay in the White House. And I don't think that that's a winning strategy for beating uh, President Trump. I think that his, you know, I think what they're gambling on is that maybe these court cases are going to work and take Trump out of the race. Uh, But I don't think that they have a strategy for actually beating President Trump. Yep, I uh, completely agreed. He's making all kinds of sense, everybody. And he went on to talk about how he's got um, a lot of um, um, things happening in the polls. Uh, He believes that he could pull this off. But, you know, I, I do think it would be much more spoiler for Biden. That's right. But I love his line. There's not really much anybody can do to make um, Joe Biden lose to Donald Trump. (laughs) Folks, stay right there. We are coming right back. Weekend edition continues on. Kyle Warren with you. And we are having fun. Stay right there.
So one California lawmaker, state lawmaker, they want to make the streets of California safer. And to do this, they want to install speed governors on all vehicles sold after 2027 in order to make sure you can't go 10 miles over any posted speed limit. So I don't know, folks. I don't know that that's going to make everybody safer. This seems, again, like some kind of... um, It's just kind of Orwellian, isn't it? I mean, you've got the... You know, we're going to just control everything now. We're even going to control your car. You don't get to make decisions, and you certainly don't get to react to actual changing road conditions or anything else like that. I can't, you know, know, come on. I mean, this is, California has so many other problems that this is not necessarily one of them. And it's just another way of chipping away at uh, different things for your life. All right, folks, Kyle Warren with you. It is the weekend edition. We're glad that you're with us. Welcome to everybody listening on AM860, The Answer in Tampa, Florida. Welcome to everybody along the GCN network. And whatever time you're hearing this program this weekend, you are more than welcome. You are in, you are encouraged to go over to kylewarrenshow.com. That's our home website, kylewarrenshow.com. Uh, send us a direct message. Uh, if you're uh, with us live here on Saturday morning, uh, the telephone number, of course, 949-822-7959, 949-822-7959. And we'll open up the uh, phone lines at the bottom of the hour if you have a question or comment for our guest, Denise Simon from founderscode.com and the Denise Simon experience on Facebook. So once again, happy weekend, Denise. Welcome back. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. Well, you know, when we were just coming up to the top of the hour (laughs) news there, you were talking about the idea that this uh, park in Eagle Pass, Texas, you know, it seems to me that, well, the federal government should be able to you know, produce some kind of documentation. Well, it gets better. Own it. Yes. Okay. Tell us. Because the the lawyer that um, is involved with this thing at DHS also made the assertion that in 2015, there was a memorandum of access that they, uh, the federal government um, made reference to that they were seeking consistent access in terms it's a non-exclusive easement from 2018, and it expressed the purpose was to allow maintenance of road along the river, including the right to trim trees and other obstacles within the roadway. Hmm. Well, <laughs> Paxton says in his letter, if your federal agency wishes to help municipal offices with tree trimming and road maintenance chores, I suspect they would appreciate it. The 2018 easement, however... Nowhere contemplates allowing the federal government to deploy infrastructure that President Biden will use to wave thousands of illegals into the park. So, by February the 15th, Texas demands that your agency supply the following. One, written approval from the city of Eagle Pass or the state of Texas consenting, because remember it was a memorandum of access, to allow your federal agents to erect the open border infrastructure hinted at your letter and your explanation of where Congress has empowered your federal agency to pursue this scheme, notwithstanding statutory provisions to the contrary. So, wow, wow, it, it, it's really gotten to be uh, really quite fascinating, but gets even better. Hold right. on. <laughs> okay. We are on the edge of our seats. Absolutely. Yeah. Now Biden decides to weigh in last night, late, 
And um, <laughs> he puts out this memorandum from the White House. It says, for too long, we all know the border's been broken. It's long past time to fix it. That's why two months ago I instructed my team to begin negotiations with a bipartisan group of senators to seriously and finally address the border crisis. He calls it a crisis, but <laughs> my August doesn't. Right. For weeks now, that's what they've done, working around the clock through holidays and over the weekends. Let's be clear. What's been negotiated would, if the law passed, be the toughest and fairest set of reforms to secure the border we've ever had in our country. It would give me, as president, an emergency authority to shut down the border when it becomes overwhelmed. What? Uh, it is when overwhelmed. It yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it is. if given that authority, I would use it the day I sign a bill into law. Further, Congress finally needs to provide the funding I requested in October to secure the border, which includes 1,300 Border Patrol agents, 375 judges, 1,600 asylum officers, and over 100 cost-cutting inspection machines to help detect and stop fentanyl at our southwest border. Securing the border through these negotiations is a win for America. For everyone who is demanding tougher border control, this is the way to do it. If you're serious about <clears throat> the border crisis, pass this bipartisan bill and I will sign it. <laughs> sign the White House. Wow. Wow. He called it a well, crisis. Well, yeah, yeah. But but he's, he's been trying to make people think, you know, day one in 2021, he sent over this ridiculous border bill thing, which also included, you know, path to citizenship and all kinds of stuff, just blanket that uh, the Republicans were never going to vote for. But that way they he can say, I've been trying to work with these people and they're and they're causing and Corinne Jean-Pierre says the same stupid stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so, so what gets me, Denise, is where he says, gives me the power to shut down the border when it becomes overwhelmed. That is really rich, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> and um, I'm also hearing, too, that uh, yet another border czar in the White House has resigned. So. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, well, maybe they just see that, you know, this is all. You know, the, the, this is a huge screw up on on their part. For one thing, I mean, can you imagine now the calls of people will go federalize the National Guard, and go just go take it all back, and you know, give you know, use some force here, you know. But it doesn't even the federal government may have no jurisdiction at all uh, to to do this, is from what you're telling us. Well, that's what Ken Paxton. You know, I'm sure that. <laughs> yeah. And he sent out a tweet six hours ago, Ken Paxton, today, I denied the Biden administration's unfounded request and issued a counter demand. By February 15th, DHS must supply the official plats and deeds demonstrating the precise parcels to which they claim ownership and an explanation of how Texas prevented access to those. Wow. Well, cool. Hold that thought, Denise. Folks, we're going to come right back. We have more with Denise Simon. And you're hearing it here, folks. Keep it right there, because we are coming back. Kyle Warren with you. You're listening to Kyle Warren. 
right, folks, Weekend Edition continues. And, you know, like I said, and have been saying through the whole program, we are having fun here this morning as uh, we get ready to head into the weekend, uh, even here in the wee hours of Saturday morning, uh, going across America and landing right smack dab on your radio dial. Welcome back. Of course, Kyle Warren with you, 949-822-7959, and that's the number, and we're going to open up the telephone lines at the bottom of the hour. If you have something to say, if you have a question or comment uh, for what we're talking about here uh, with Denise Simon from founderscode.com and the Denise Simon Experience on Facebook. Welcome back, Denise. Thank you. Well, you know what? I've um, I've got a brief, uh, just a quick audio clip here of Karine Jean-Pierre talking about Governor Abbott, and I'd like to get your, your reaction to that. <laughs> All right, so here we go. It's real brief, but let's hear what Karine Jean-Pierre has to say. You're saying the president needs to federalize uh, the Texas National Guard. So look, that's something that could happen. I mean, look, I'll say this, uh, you know, the Border Patrol agents are now, as you said, allowed to cut through the wire because of what the Supreme Court has laid out. It's it's unfortunate that we had to go there. It's unfortunate that there is a governor in Texas, Governor Abbott, who has politicized this issue of what's happening on the border. And it's not making people's lives safer. It's actually making it harder for law enforcement at the at the border to do their job. And so we have been very clear. We want to make sure we get something done at the border. That's why we've been having these conversations with Senate Republicans and Democrats for the past several weeks to come up with a bipartisan agreement right. to deal with the border. Boy, th- th- doesn't this sound great, Denise? I mean, they're trying to get a bipartisan agreement at the border. It's just a bunch of words. <laughs> right. And it's this governor. I mean, everything would be fine if it wasn't for Governor Abbott. I mean, I know we're being silly and facetious, but what does she think? We're, we're, we just don't get it. I mean, this is really funny. And she always says, I'll say this, I'll say this, instead of saying the president's position is, the president says this, uh, President Biden, blah, blah, blah. No, it's I, I, I. So she's, you know, she is doing all of the uh, decision making, it appears. I guess so. But um, let me refer to something that uh, is happening down at the Darien Gap where all these people have to cross. Okay. Darien Gap is in Panama. <clears throat> There's a big sign there. And at the top of it, it says, the Migration Reception Station, San Vicente. And it's got um, all of these words in all these <clears throat> foreign languages saying, welcome, bienvenidos, welcome, uh, welcome, you know, so forth. And at the bottom of the sign... It actually has three logos, the Panama uh, migration, uh, one that I can't read, trying to read it. But the other one is Office of uh, Migration, which, by the way, is, in fact, the United Nations. Mm -hmm. And then there's a stack of buses that are there, really nice buses. Then there's these tents um, and they have these signs up that are all in, looks like Chinese. <laughs> then there's another thing that says agua, portable agua, dr- safe drinking water. And there's a sign up there that's got the American flag, UNICEF, global brigades. So <laughs> the United States and UNICEF are in fact behind what's happening at the yeah. Darien Gap. 
Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's the a, a official official guidance that's going on. Yeah, that's right. Precisely right. Now, now, it also now, includes but I, I thought, the Red Cross and and the United Nations are providing maps. Well, but I thought Kamala Harris told everybody don't come. Well, so did yeah. Biden. <laughs> that's right. Wow. Yeah, well, again, but this is part of their agenda. And this is the kind of thing that the American people need to be aware of. They need to hear and because they need to know because not everybody's going to see this in Panama, let's say, or know of it until you come on the radio here with me and, and talk about it. I mean, this is amazing. Yeah, and by the way, the um, the Fifth Circuit, which actually put the um, uh, kibosh um, on Border Patrol having access to Shelby Park in the wire, um, <laughs> they have canceled the upcoming in-bank oral arguments in Texas on the Bob Wire open border thing. Um, and it's remanded to the case to trial court for 60 days to develop a factual record. So now they've figured out that <laughs> mm-hmm. we're, we, we can't do this right now because we don't have all the facts yet. And the fa- <laughs> wow. Which is pretty much what um, Attorney General Ken Paxson's letter says. You guys don't have the facts right. Well, it wouldn't be the first time, you know, uh, for one thing. But, you know, but they're trying to craft this as a narrative. And what's scary to me, I mean, in all seriousness, and as Joe Biden would say, no joke, you know, no joke about this. It What is really kind of scary is that they seem to be trying to push this confrontation. And then you have a Democrat come out and maybe others as well, right, that say, we'll just nationalize the, the National Guard, take control of the situation. Um, they're pushing this confrontation into a into a realm that it doesn't need to go in. And uh, I think they want to do that because I think they're trying to anger people and they're trying to get somebody to make a mistake in Texas. That's just my take on it. Well, yeah, I mean, they are they inviting a real civil war here? <laughs> yeah, and I know. And by the way, even saying those words, right, because the, the connotation of it all and everything. But. But gosh, golly, gee darn, you know, whiz here. We, we this is the kind of thing that can happen uh, as a, as a real mistake, you know. And again, I think that they're 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 being reckless in in pushing this kind of thing because it's not about. Uh, you know, this is the union we're talking about. We're not talking about some some adversary, and they're putting Texas into the role of being an adversary unnecessarily. So I think. Well, if. You know, there there's a suggestion, obviously, from what the audio clip that you just played, that the Biden should nationalize the Texas National Guard. Okay, well, Ken Paxton, I mean, um, Governor Abbott came out and said, well, if you want to do that, uh, go right ahead. We're ready, which means that they could end up with a partial. You've got a, you know a Texas Defense Force. In addition to the Texas National Guard, but uh, you've also got National Guard from all these other states. What are we up to? Twenty six that are that's right standing by Texas. So is he going to nationalize twenty six states' National Guards? You know, and and by the way, and and again, I'm I'm not saying this to be funny, but they keep saying that Donald Trump will it will be a dictator somehow if he becomes elected, he'll be a dictator. That's their narrative they're going with. But if you were to do something like that, what you're describing, Denise, doesn't that sound things like a, a despot would do? 
in order yeah. to simply get their way on, on some thing that they could easily work out. And by the way, how about just enforcing the law? You know, just enforce the border. It's not broken. They're, just, they're not enforcing the thing. Well, that, that's precisely right. And and now we we get end up with a with a, a constitution, a true constitutional argument here on states' rights. You know, um, I read the letter what yesterday or day before yesterday from those from the former FBI top officials that called it an invasion. Uh, in what Biden wrote last night, he called it a crisis. So, I mean, they know that it is. And um, the federal government, I mean, maybe someplace on paper, the federal government has supremacy. But does that supremacy law clause apply in this particular situation? You Bingo. know, um, the, tenth, the, the, tenth, is it the Tenth Amendment that's states' rights. Separate but equal. Well, right, but and I think the the Texas argument can go something like this. I mean, the, if the federal government basically just disappears and ghosts Texas basically and the border and says, "Well, we're not going to enforce this," you know, then Texas has the right to defend itself. So, so they're not they're not saying the federal government can't do something. They're saying the federal government cleared out, and we're we're trying to fill the gap. I think that's an entirely different problem than, um, you know, standard issue nullification of some federal law somewhere. But this well, is and, yeah. and Biden's letter last night where he says, you know, if it becomes uh, overwhelmed, <clears throat> he has the authority to shut it down. Well, over they're allowing the first five thousand a day, which which says a couple of things. One is that. 5,000 are allowed to invade every day. (laughs) The second thing is, is that what about those people that are trying to come through? Will they end up being some kind of a riot that that gets violent because you've got 10,000 and they're going to fight to be in the first 5,000? Right. It's (laughs) setting up terrible situations all over the place. It is not good. All right, Denise, stay right there. We're going to come right back, everybody, with Denise Simon, founderscode.com. We'll open up the phone lines as well. Kyle Warren with you. Stay there. You're listening to Kyle Warren. So did I hear right in the in the break? Um, SRN News saying that uh, the Clydesdales are coming back on a Super Bowl commercial. <laughs> well, that's great. Uh, they've been gone uh, way too long. Uh, they said it was like three years and. Uh, yeah, you know, I'll tell you what, and, and we do know this. We do we do know that Bud Light is going to try to make some kind of uh, big comeback, especially with their Super Bowl commercials uh, this year. Will it work? Well, we shall see. But a lot of companies have uh, have found out the hard way about uh, trying to change things up like that, the way that they did, shall we say? And uh, but we'll see. Maybe the Clydesdales. Well, I'll, I'll be glad to see them. Uh, by the way, folks, Kyle Warren with you. Glad to be with you, of course. And uh, Denise Simon, founderscode.com. Will you be happy to see the Clydesdales return? I would. Yeah, I think so. 
They're very cool. There's no doubt about that. Well, you know, we've been talking about a lot of great stuff this morning. And um, this particular border crisis uh, or this particular uh, constitutional crisis uh, that that is developing, I think, is going to be looked at even, you know, <laughs> in the future and uh, how they uh, how they navigate this. But uh, it is interesting to me, though, Denise, like you were talking about. I mean, they didn't even have their act together no. to make the kinds of no. threats that they've been making. <clears throat> and let's talk about another border, shall we? And and we'll talk about the border of Gaza and um, Israel. <clears throat> because now we're actually finding out that um, the UNRWA staff uh, was, and this is from evidence from Israel, <clears throat> And UNRWA is the uh, organization at the UN that is um, only for the Palestinians. Right. Uh, that they <clears throat> had fired uh, some number. I'm, I'm hearing some conflicting numbers of uh, U- UNRWA staff employees because they were involved in the October 7th terror attacks. So the and it's it was a well-known secret meaning it wasn't a secret at all that that unra is been providing a palestinian islamic jihad and hamas and everything else with funding not only that but they were also helping with uh teaching these children how to hate israel um in their syllabus for for decades but um the United States has suspended funding for UNRWA. <laughs> That's right. So they've admitted that UNRWA is a problem. Well, uh, Australia has now announced that they've done the same thing. So this will put pressure on any other uh, foreign governments that sends money to the UNRWA, to the United Nations for the Palestinians, on notice. <laughs> Good. So Yeah. And I think uh, there was a time back when uh, Netanyahu c- came and made a joint um, appearance in Congress years ago. I think it was during the Obama administration to defund UNRWA. Mm-hmm. And after all these years, it may be just happening. Indeed. Well, I'll tell you what, let's head over to the telephone lines. We got a couple of folks uh, who've lit up the lines for us this morning. Let's start with Mary and St. Pete. We've got Mary and St. Pete this morning. Good morning, Mary. Hey, good morning. Uh, If Donald Trump is going to be a dictator for a day, uh, don't people remember watching uh, President Biden signing those 52 or how many executive orders on the first day in office? Uh, I think that's the dictator in the crowd, not (laughs) President Trump. Uh, What do you think? Thank you. Good question. Thanks, Mary. Uh, Yeah, well, I mean, presidents do sign executive orders on day one, usually undoing everything else the other president did, if they're different parties. Correct. Or changing the language. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, executive orders um, can be changed, altered, or eliminated by each uh, succeeding administration, mm-hmm. but yeah, um, and you know Trump, uh, he basically is going back to um, what he did when he was president, uh, when it came to the border and it came to um, uh, drilling for oil and natural gas. So, you know, yesterday um, the Biden administration announced that they were going to stop the permitting for natural gas. So, what does that do? Well. <clears throat> We can't sell it. And uh, 
Europe was buying our natural gas and uh, they needed it. And so Biden is stopping that. Well, now where's Europe going to go? Well, they're going to go to Russia. Yep. And that will just help fund Vladimir Putin and his exploits, as it were. All right, let's head over to the the war in Ukraine. Yes. And the war in Exactly. Well, let's head over to the uh, the telephone line here. We got Backgammon Bob this morning. He's got a question for you, Denise. Good morning, Backgammon Bob. Three points. One, the Constitution, Texas can defend their own thing, and that should be taken to the Supreme Court if the Biden administration interferes with that. And they can prove it by using the Constitution as citing the Constitution, which should be black and white, not even an argument. Second thing, Texas should threaten. If that doesn't work, Texas should actually threaten to secede from the union, which they can do as, mm-hmm. as they were never act, they're actually started as an independent country. And three is why do we need any migrants at all in this country? We've got way too many. Why should we have any of them come in? And they should, and the ones that came in illegally, some of them should maybe be deported on a case by case basis. This is all just total insanity, and that's that's what I think should be done. All right, that's all right. it. All right, good points, Beck, and Bob. Well, um, you know, Denise, I'm I'm wondering. Obviously, seceding from the union would be an extreme measure. And we don't know exactly what that would look like or how that would ever be done. Uh, but uh, but certainly, I understand that what's happening in terms of why people are, are getting um, uh, very uh, sort of passionate about this, I suppose. The fact that, um, <laughs> that there's a suggestion that Biden nationalized Texas's National Guard, um, the countermeasure should be, okay, you want to suggest that, then we can suggest that we will uh, work to secede from the union. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, you know. I think ultimately that's that's not that's not preferable at all. I think no, that, but I mean, yeah. you know, you want to put a shot across the bow. We we have the same thing. Well, so. but but I think too, it's you've got <clears throat> a lot of these people on the left and Democrat Party elite. And and the one person who suggested that, or at least first suggested the nationalization, um, it, it's like they they want to be tough, and they think that you know they're just going to run roughshod because they see Texas. I mean, they do want to turn it blue. There's no doubt about that. And uh, but they do also want to try to, I guess, intimidate other states or other political well, but, factions. But when you're a sanctuary city and you are or a sanctuary state. Aren't you abdicating your sovereignty to a foreign entity? The answer to that is yes. Well, sure. So you have essentially seceded from the United States or from your state if you are a sanctuary city or if you're a sanctuary state. You seceded from the state of the United States already. You see what I'm saying? Right. I right. mean, because you're you're handing over uh, American real estate to a foreign entity. Well, but this goes back to my to my to my own point and that is why is this getting pressed to the limit like this by the Biden administration? There's no reason why they should press it the way that they are unless they're trying to create this this controversy by which okay, well then we'll just secede from the union because I think that the the far left and certainly those that want to see the downfall of America, they know that if they divide us 
in that extreme fashion that it's going to be easier for the rest of America to fall. You know, I mean, ultimately, as a, in a, as a concept. And um, so that's why I just think it's it's so unconscionable that you have a, an administration that seems to be pushing the envelope like this. I think that, <laughs> you know, on social media, it would be fascinating to start taking real, not fake, but real pictures <clears throat> of not only the southern border, but but New York, uh, Chicago, of all of these migrant encampments, uh, all of these homeless, and start publishing them and putting them on the White House social media accounts and saying, this is Biden's America. <laughs> yeah, because it truly is. It is. Yeah, truly I mean, is. It, you know, uh, start <clears throat> start uh, putting it out there, saying this is what you you have brought, and um, this is where we are. Um, and then do the same thing when it comes to uh, Gaza, what it looks like in uh, Iraq, what it looks like in Syria, what it looks like in Ukraine, that this is Biden's foreign policy successes. <laughs> right. I think you're on to something, Denise. Well, Denise Simon, founderscode.com. It's been a pleasure again. We'll talk to you again early Monday morning. Take care. All right. Have a good weekend. Thank you. You too. Have a great weekend. Denise Simon, everybody. We're going to come right back. Final segment uh, for the weekend uh, session here, the weekend program. Kyle Warren with you. Stay right there. Hey, thanks, everybody, for checking out the podcast today. We'll see you on the radio, AM860, The Answer, 2 a.m. to 6 a.m., Monday through Friday, 2 a.m. to 5 a.m. on Saturday mornings. Check out KyleWarrenShow.com for more information. Take care out there.